We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, you finally returned to American soil. You're on a long European vacation. I challenged you to name every piece of Bulls memorabilia or paraphernalia you saw on the trip. So, Jace, welcome back, first of all. Do you want to just give the listeners an update on what you were doing around Europe, what you saw, and what that experience was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Two weeks, France, Italy, some Paris, Florence, and Rome, and it was awesome. It was great. My first time in either of those countries. Uh, All another time I've been to Europe was I went to Greece on my honeymoon. I am Greek, so I was going to like the homeland, and that was great. Uh, so obviously a little bit of different experience here, but it was awesome. Did a lot of the classic stuff. Eiffel Tower, Louvre, saw some art, uh, Versailles. Uh, I believe it was, I was actually at Versailles the day the queen died. So uh, I was checking out the French mar- monarchy when uh, the longtime British monarch passed away. RIP the queen. Uh, uh, Florence. uh not as much historic. So there was like the big dome, the dome, the Duomo, they call it. Uh, I went to an Irish pub a, cu- a couple times in Florence. So that was exciting. Uh, and Rome was awesome. I actually went to Normandy as well. That was in, in uh, France. Uh, that was really cool. Kind of a, I'm somewhat of a World War II history nerd. So doing that was cool. Rome got to go on the Coliseum floor, gladiators, all that fun shit. That was really cool. I uh, just saw a lot of the, obviously the Roman Empire stuff. Uh, so that was really cool. Just a really fun experience overall. Food was awesome in, in Italy. I'm a big Italian food guy. Just a really cool experience between the history of it, just being going in those cultures. Love the uh, just kind of the Italian, obviously European culture is a lot different than American culture. Uh, really do kind of just enjoy like there are so many restaurants. You just walk around restaurants all over. You just sit down and uh, basically wherever you want and 
uh, just kind of hang out. And it's like it's just uh, really chill, really laid back and a lot of fun. And as you mentioned, you challenged me before I left to be on the lookout for Bulls gear. Uh, and I took a list at, on my phone, uh, did, set, uh, set up a notes thing. And every time I saw a piece of Bulls gear, wrote it down, gave a little notation where I saw it. I ended up getting to 22 things. Unfortunately, it wasn't 23. That would have been fitting. I guess you could count this bull shirt that I'm wearing right now. I got from the NBA store in Paris. So I guess you could count that as number 23. They had some pretty cool shit at the NBA store in Paris. Uh, a lot of Mitchell and Ness stuff. And that's what this t-shirt is. Some cool Mitchell and Ness bulls shirt. Uh, but yeah, I ended up getting to 22 different things. So it was pretty mostly evenly spread out. I think the most I saw was in possibly Florence, actually. Uh, but that in Paris were pretty close. Didn't see as much in Rome, but like I saw a nice variety of things between shirts. I saw multiple, multiple D Rose jerseys. Um, one of the ones I counted was I was watching some French reality show, which was an absolutely bizarre reality show featuring like 50 attractive young people like doing challenges. And some guy was in a lower Larry marketing Jersey, except I think they had to like cover the bulls logo on the front. Uh, I maybe just because of rights or something like that kind of strange, but uh, just random Larry marketing bulls Jersey on this weird French reality show. And then just a bunch of other, I mean, just hats, shorts. I saw one guy in like a full bulls Jersey that was in Florence. I think, yeah, it was a bull as a Jordan Jersey and bull shorts uh, in Florence. So that was really interesting. In Rome, when I was like walking towards the Coliseum, there was a guy playing the guitar in a Derrick Rose jersey. That was kind of exciting. Uh, so a nice, just like nice array, variety of Bulls gear uh, I saw on this European trip. Uh, and like, obviously, I saw some other teams. I saw a decent amount of like Lakers stuff, some Celtics and Nets stuff, some Warriors stuff. But uh, and I wasn't obviously on the lookout for those as much, but I feel like. Uh, if I actually was, I probably still would have seen more Bulls stuff than any of those other teams. So uh, as we ta- always talk about, Bulls, global brand, thanks to obviously Michael Jordan, uh, people around the Bulls. And obviously there's plenty of also just American travelers as well and uh, Chicago people there. But again, there were some people who were clearly, I think, there who were from Europe uh, rocking Bulls gear. So it was cool to see over 20 some uh, instances of people wearing some type of bulls paraphernalia over in Europe during my two weeks there. So it's over one a day. Uh, and it was really, it was kind of fun to keep track of that. In conclusion, Jerry Reinsdorf should pay the luxury tax. You got <laughs> yeah. a global brand fans worldwide selling a ton of merchandise. And I mean, yet in the NBA at the NBA store in Paris, tons of bull stuff there. I mean, in the window you had like LeBron, uh, AD Steph. And then there was bull stuff in the window. Like there were, like Damar, Zach, and like Lonzo jerseys in the window. Uh, when you walked in, and on the left, there was there were four Jordan authentic Mitchell and S jerseys just hanging up there. Uh, there were like these freaky, like Scotty Pippen, Tony Kukoc, Dennis Rodman jerseys up on the second floor. Like they had a ton of bullshit there. There honestly might have been more bull stuff there than any other team. So, like, yeah, that just hammers that point home. Now we know, man. Yeah, we're not just saying it. You literally went to Europe to go on a scouting mission to see <laughs> are there Bulls fans all over the world? And yes, there are. It's true. So uh, welcome back, Jace. Thank you. Glad to have you back. Thank you for knocking out that uh, Lonzo Ball pod while I was on a little trip myself to San Diego. Uh, we got a few things to talk about. I was thinking we could maybe start with some Bulls training camp uh, news headlined by the signing of. Costas and Dedekumpo. 
Yeah, uh, I think Shams tweeted that, reported a couple days ago. I'm not sure if it's been officially like executed the move yet. I don't see it on like spot rack and all that stuff. And I don't think the Bulls don't think the Bulls have announced it yet. I don't think I've seen that, but uh, it was reported that he's going to be a training camp guy. Uh, and of course, because of that, you have Bulls fans obviously thinking, oh man, here's the next step towards bringing Giannis to the Bulls in whatever, four or five years, uh, coming on the tail on the heels of Giannis answering. I believe it was Lou Canellis on some, at some like event a couple weeks ago, who asked him if he would ever consider playing for the Bulls and Giannis ever the politician gave a nice little teasing answer that, oh, maybe I would down the line, blah, blah, blah. And so obviously like Bulls fans joking with their like 2026, 2025 plans, every plan, a new plan every four years uh, for the Bulls getting a superstar player. Obviously the signing of Costas on Adekubo, even though he probably will not make the team. He's coming to training camp. Uh, maybe he'll battle for a two-way spot because right now the two-way situation is interesting. Uh, while I was also gone, I believe they did. They technically, I think they signed Malcolm Hill to a two-way deal. He was on a two-way deal last year. Sounds like they got him on a, back on a two-way deal this year. Then there's Justin Lewis who tours ACL, who's on a two-way deal. Like I don't know if they're going to keep him there just to use him as a spot because they really like him, or if one of these other guys, whether it's Costas, they also have Carly Jones and Javon Freeman Liberty right now on training camp deals. I don't. They might have other guys. I'm just like I said. I'm looking at Spotrac right now, and that's who they have listed. Um, obviously the training camp roster will be announced in the coming week as they hit media day next week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, obviously, just the fodder there is fun when you sign Giannis's brother, uh, again, probably will, does not mean anything, but, uh, bulls are filling out the training camp roster. We know they, they have 15 guaranteed deals already, but, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe someone surprises. There's always a chance that some, uh, they have some guys at the end of the roster they could maybe turn over. We'll see. But uh, do you make anything you make out of signing Kosas out of the Kubo or uh, even the Malcolm Hill two way move, which we have kind of talked about. We, I mean, even as an Illinois guy, God bless Malcolm Hill, fighting line, I great college player. He is a little on the older side, did some okay things for the Bulls last year. I feel like it'd be probably be better to use it on a younger player, but I mean, I don't know. Whatever. What, any of your thoughts there? Well, I guess in general, clearly the Bulls are signing Giannis now in 2024 <laughs> yeah, right. or whatever it is, 2025, because they signed Kostas. Uh, I mean, just lock it in. Like, go print <laughs> your Andetokounmpo Bulls jersey right now, and that's going to be a Giannis jersey, not a Kostas jersey, <laughs> because the Bulls are laying the groundwork, laying the foundation to one day sign Giannis. But because it's the Bulls, they would probably sign him when he's like 40 and sucks, <laughs> similar to Dwayne Wade. And given all the clutch connections with the team lately, that's another bit of news that I believe the Bulls worked with Motorola. Or that is their the new clutch. their new Jersey partner. Goodbye to Zenny. Although uh, Zenny, I, I was told uh, that they will still be around kind of in like a more limited role this season. Uh, but they were they were obviously the first Zenny was the first Bulls jersey patch partner. So they signed the deal in 2018. So that's been like the last four years. Now it is Motorola, Chicago-based company, who also apparently was last season at least the Bucks jersey patch sponsor. So there's your next Giannis uh thing there. They're just they uh they signed Costas and they also signed with Motorola. To just make Giannis more comfortable. It's like easy. You're, you're wearing this Bucks jersey with the Motorola thing. Here, we're also going to be wearing a Motorola jer- uh, logo on our jersey. So it'll be so easy. Come on, Giannis. Come on down. 
Uh, but yeah, the clutch sports thing was apparently the bulls like worked with clutch on like this Motorola partnership and this Jersey patch partnership. And, uh, we know the bulls have pretty heavy clutch ties now with Zach and Lonzo being clutch, clutch guys. And they had Tristan Thompson and Troy Brown jr. Last season were also clutch guys. Zach and Lonzo are the only clutch guys on the roster this season, I believe, but still it's two of their more high profile players. And it seems like this front office has, uh, some good relationships with clutch. Um, it did not work out when it when it came to Tristan Thompson last season, but uh, they used him for this Motorola deal. Uh, at least I feel like the Motorola lo- logo looks cooler uh, than the Zenny one did on these jerseys. Like I said, we some good, we got some good images on the jerseys. I know Io is modeling the jersey and the kind of the rollout, uh, the Motorola like they call it the Batwing logo. At least like color wise, it also fits in with the logo. So. Uh, Fun Bulls news yet today that that dropped on that front. Yeah. And then real quick on the two ways. So first of all, very interested to see what happens with Justin Lewis. Yeah, right. Justin Lewis tore his ACL. He was an undrafted free agent out of Marquette. I loved that pickup for the Bulls, as we've talked about on this podcast several times mm-hmm. after the draft and during summer league. Justin Lewis didn't look that great in summer league, but I still think that that was a really savvy move by them. Super unfortunate injury for the Bulls. So going to be pretty interesting. Like, are the Bulls going to waste one of their two-way spots on a guy who's going to miss the entire season? And then how does that affect uh, the second two-way spot? So if it is Malcolm Hill, I believe I said on this podcast earlier that I did, and this was like probably months ago at this point, that I didn't like the idea of using a two-way on an older guy. I'm kind of starting to come around on it now. Uh, just because I think it makes sense to have like one younger developmental guy in one dude who could like fill in the gaps when, uh, you know, players go down with injury. Hopefully there's not guys missing a ton of time with COVID this year, but guess what? It's probably going to happen given how things are going currently right now. So I do think it makes a little bit more sense to have a, an experienced guy, Malcolm Hill going to be 27 this year. He did not play an NBA game before last season where he split time with the bulls and a little bit with the Hawks problem with Malcolm Hill is he just wasn't a reliable enough three point shooter for the bulls. I think for the bulls, he hit uh 32% of his threes. So we know the bulls are already like a pretty poor shooting team from the outside. Uh, you know, you would just love to have a guy who at least has like some size and athleticism, unlike Matt Thomas a year ago, and who can also knock down a catch and shoot jumper. Like if you're not going to get eaten alive defensively and you can credibly space the floor, that's probably what you want out of that two way spot. Now, of course, easier said than done, but also like there's a lot of good players in Europe. I think Malcolm Hill was, you know, playing most of his professional career in Europe. That is I think the right type of guy to target. I just don't know how good Malcolm Hill is. Like he doesn't really excite me very much, but just in terms of, uh, and I'm first of all, apologies saying this to an Illinois guy. I'm sure you want him to sign Brandon Paul or something, but uh, I think it's pretty, pretty okay. Philosophically where I was more opposed to it earlier. Now I'm sort of coming around, but you know, it'll be interesting to see like what happens with Lewis, if he's going to basically be soaking up a right. two-way spot where they can't use him the entire season, uh, Malcolm Hill might need to play some real minutes this year. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the Lewis thing will be, definitely be fascinating to, to see what happens there. Because I think they probably do really like him. Uh, they signed him like right away as an undrafted free agent. He got, and they got plenty of praise for it. Uh, he seemed like a guy, especially 
on this Bulls roster where like they just don't have many actual like forwards, uh, he could have been maybe a guy who gotten some minutes there, depending on how things played out. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, and we'll see what if they make any other moves when they fill out this roster. Like I said, I think they still have a few can bring. They have 15 guaranteed. They have two exhibit 10. They have two. I guess then I guess how with the, can they bring 20 to camp? Is it 20 plus two? two ways or is it 18 plus is it 20 total i can't remember that exactly if it's 20 total i think it's pretty much set here uh but i'm not totally positive on that either way i mean most i mean most of what they have here is pretty much set uh and we'll see it'll be interesting to see what they do here at the end of the roster and i think we've talked about before i think they could still do some end of roster churn uh we'll see if they keep a guy like tony bradley around we'll see what happens with like marco uh and who knows we'll see uh i guess i guess more other roster stuff you did not get to talk about the lonzo update if you want to talk about lonzo here uh i said i did that emergency potter before i left and because the update was that he's probably going to miss training camp he's probably going to miss the start of the season uh so you were on your own little vacation as you said when that happened thoughts on the latest i, I guess just and it, uh, just kind of reiterating what i had said last time is that it kind of just felt like it was something that was ine- inevitable that this was going to happen uh, and we were just kind of waiting for that hammer to drop and it did so i guess the, i guess my first question to you is like what like and the latest from kc was just kind of offered nothing concrete either they just, they just have no idea when he's gonna come back it's just all weird so i guess right now do you think lonzo ball will play a single game this season Wow, you're going with the big question. I'm gonna, I'm right gonna go. I'm gonna go big right now. Just because, like, I would yeah, certainly that. lean towards yes, but like, I'm also going to a point where I just kind of think he's gonna need another surgery, and that might just keep him out all season. And that obviously would be a disaster. But like, uh, it's just like hard not to think like that pessimistically, just given how this timetable has played out. You're asking the right question, Jason, and it's been what I've been thinking about for the last week or two since we heard this update in relation to me thinking about the bulls uh when people have been asking me how i think the bulls are going to be this year after the lonzo injury news spread i said the bulls are probably a 500 team i think that's how important lonzo is to the squad obviously last year they won 46 and post all-star break which was 70 percent of the way through the season they just absolutely tumbled down the standings without lonzo Lonzo fills so many of the cracks and the holes on this team, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. So I'm beating around the bush here. Do I think Lonzo is going to play a game? Obviously, I have no idea. We're just speculating <laughs> here. But because Kendrick Nunn didn't play a game last season, and because this was originally supposed to be a six to eight week injury, Jason, for Lonzo Ball, I'm going to say I don't think Lonzo plays this year. I don't know. Like, I mean, that that doesn't mean shouldn't mean anything to anyone, right? <laughs> Like you could ask me to answer a different way, but uh, it certainly seems like he's not going to be there for the start of the season. And like, if you ask me, do I think he'll play before Christmas? I'll say no. Do yeah, I think he'll play? Before do you think he'll? The... Yeah. Do you think he'll play in twenty twenty two? A game in twenty two? No. I would. I would probably say no as well. And then it's like, do you think he'll play before the All Star break? Like, Maybe. if you could get me to sign a piece of paper right now that Lonzo will come back February 1st, I think I would sign it for sure, right? Now, obviously, like, what sort of condition is he going to be in when he comes back? That's another big question. 
Uh, and it just sucks for the Bulls, man, because Lonzo was such a good signing. Like that really sort of sparked our optimism last year. It was the first move they made in 2021 free agency. Obviously, they got hit with the tampering charges for it. <laughs> but that was like a razor sharp move by Karnaschovas. Like when he did that, I'm like, all right, this front office is not going to mess around. And they're going to turn this thing around as best they can. And for a few glorious months, Jace, it seemed like it was working, but there's just no way this team can overcome the loss of Lonzo. And I guess my, my final quip on this is if Lonzo is going to be out, give me Ayo as the starting point guard. I really don't care about Goran Dragic. I know he looked good in Eurobasket. Hey, yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at some Eurobasket stats right now. Dragic, maybe not totally washed. I know when we had uh, Matt Brooks on, he was uh, defending Dragic. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would hope they don't. I mean, you got to start either Io or Caruso, right? And so, like, who? So you would start Io over? I would Honestly, start. I'm a, I just did a podcast with uh, uh, and and uh, a fellow Blue Wire podcast, Brendan Nunes of the Kings Pulse, and he asked me, and we were talking about talking about exactly this, and I was thinking, like, I and my initially went to Io because he started at point so much last year, but that was also when Caruso was out. Caruso's obviously what you're what is he the fourth fifth best player on this team so like do you just start your your five your whatever your best players or do you think io makes more sense as the starting point guard because he is a bit more of a point guard or do you just get out there and start caruso anyways just because he's one of your best players i would start caruso probably just because like you say he's one of your best players and also if he's going to be like this lockdown defender it makes more sense for him to be guarding other starters at the beginning of the game. Like if you're going to go against a team with a really good guard, why not start the game with Caruso sort of taking them out of a rhythm to open the game. And then, you know, by the time they check out, okay, Caruso checks out too. So I would probably go with Caruso is the starter. Uh, So then if you go Caruso, Zach, DeRozan, Pat Vooch, I mean, I just keep coming back to the shooting. Like they're really going to need Russo to make a meaningful leap as a shooter. When you talk about the bulls, uh, three point volume shooting issues, like Caruso is one of the guys who has to shoulder that a little bit. And we all love Caruso, but like, he's not going to create much off the dribble for someone who's nominally a guard, right? His game is very much predicated on just his incredible defensive ability. Offensively, like you're not going to let him run a pick and roll especially now with DeRozan on the floor and Zach on the floor. So hopefully Caruso has been in the gym uh, working on his three point shot. Hopefully that wrist is feeling good after he injured it last year against the Bucks, And he's going to be a big piece to this team. And I think like when people talk about the Lonzo injury, they forget how many games the Bulls were without both Lonzo and Caruso. And that was really a big reason why they plummeted down the standings. Like obviously the team is at its best with both those guys, but even just having Caruso should help them stay afloat somewhat. Now, like realistically, what are the Bulls going to be competing for this season? Like they're probably competing for a spot in the plan. Like we've been saying throughout this, that their ceiling is probably the sixth seed. Once again, maybe the fifth seed, but that was before the Donovan Mitchell move by Cleveland. I'm very high on Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to be awesome. I think they're going to be better than the Bulls. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I am often wrong about basketball things and about again. A lot of this just comes back to Lonzo. Like I think that if the Bulls had like a healthy team and all these guys were okay, like I think like regular season wise, you could talk me into the Bulls maybe even pushing for top four. It's just like 
if Lonzo's just not going to play, that just makes them a lot worse. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you go from maybe a top four team to maybe top six, top eight. Uh, just, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cavs were really good last season before their own injury problems blew them up. And they were obviously super unique with what they were doing. But now they have another whatever, whatever you think of Mitchell. And obviously his defense came under fire and they're going to have two small guards in the backcourt. But like they have two monsters in the front court to help make up for that. Uh, and then Isaac Cora, who's a elite, a budding elite defensive player. Yeah. It's like, you can and probably by get the way, those two small guys. guards are both top 30 yeah, players in right. the NBA. Yeah. You know, like, even if you think Mitchell's overrated, which he probably is, uh, if you consider him a top 15 player, he's overrated, but he's still probably a top 30 guy. Yeah. And then and you, you still have Kevin Love. You still have. Uh, you have Karis Levert off the bench, and they'll have Rubio whenever he comes back. So, I mean, that's just like a really. I feel like a really solid, just a lot of talent there, uh, and probably probably better than the Bulls. I think I think once they made the Mitchell trade, they jumped to like 46, 47 wins at in Vegas. So like, I mean, I I could I could see them winning fifty games uh, if things go right for them for sure. I do feel like they're going to be a big injury risk, though. I don't know why I think that, but obviously, like Garland's missed some time in his career. Seven footers is just tough to keep him healthy. And the guy we didn't mention with them is Isaac Okoro, yeah. too, who was taken one pick behind Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams went four in that draft. Okoro went five. Okoro could be what they need at the three because he's an awesome defender. Tad undersized for a three. I personally think he can handle wing stopper duties. He's already very good on the defensive end. But similar to Pat, he can make threes, but only at a very low volume. And he's even more tentative and just overall worse as a yeah. three-point shooter than Patrick Williams is. It's always been the whole in Isaac Okoro skill set. Uh, and you just wonder, like, if Okoro can develop a reliable jumper, yeah, that's man, really- that team is going to be so, yeah. so tough. Like, I can pound, like, you know, pound the table for the Bulls to get a shooting coach. But, like, how does every team not have a shooting coach? I have no idea if Cleveland <laughs> right. or not. But, like, th- developing the jump shot of a guy you invested a top five pick in, like Patrick Williams, like Isaac Okoro, like, literally catch and shoot open jumpers. And I believe Okoro took more open threes than anyone in the NBA last year. People literally didn't guard him at all when he was at the three-point line. And he hit 35%, but he only made he only attempted two a game. Yeah. That's so enough. it's like opposing defenses are going to – take their odds on that and they would prefer to have another defender with two feet in the paint to help stop Mobley and Allen and, you know, Mitchell's drives, uh, Garland's playmaking. So Cleveland's really interesting this year. Uh, and in terms of the bulls, dude, my expectations are set at 500 now. And, you know, especially in a year where they don't have their draft pick in 2023, cause they traded for Vooch. <sighs> um, I just want them to win as many games as they can, right? So, like, if they end up in the dreaded treadmill of mediocrity where they win, like, 44 or 45 games, I just hope it's a fun year. I hope Lonzo can come back eventually. I hope Zach can get healthy and stay healthy throughout the season because otherwise, you know, it's going to be very quick for people to point out that Zach Levine isn't worth his contract right? Yeah, or is overpaid. So that's just sort of my hope for this year. I... I want them to just be competitive, to be a fun team. I don't expect them to win a championship. I would love to see progress from Io and Patrick Williams. I think that those are obviously the two swing factors uh, on the roster this year. 
And the Lonzo news is really depressing. So to me, my expectations are set at 500. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the, it's just so funny. I just the Lonzo thing just like takes so much steam. And like they still have Demar, who's awesome, and like Zach should hopefully be awesome. Just like we just know how important Lonzo is to. He's just a glue guy. He brings it all together. Just really hope that he can be back at some point here for crying out loud. Who knows when it is again, just a major question mark, but we'll see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I guess speaking of just like the general talent level on this team and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's that time of year with training camps coming up uh, where whatever outlets start ranking, doing their NBA ranks. They're like top hundred players. I know like the athletics Seth part now did his like NBA tiers like a month or two ago. And I think the bulls had five, four, I think like IO ended up actually on that. Like IO did Caruso. I don't even, I think Vooch was still on there. And then obviously like tomorrow, Lonzo and Zach all were uh, no, but S- it was uh, not SI ESPN did their NBA rank and then CBS sports also had their rankings and I thought they seemed mostly pretty fair. It, I guess the one big different guy, the guy or uh, like huge difference in ranking. Well, like first of all, we'll start with Zach and Demar. Interesting that Zach was ranked higher than Demar in both of these. Uh, I believe Zach was like, I think they were actually like back to back in the ESPN one. I call and I got it up right here. Let me go find them. We have, yeah, Zach 27, DeMar 28 uh, on ESPN. And then I believe Zach was also like 27 or 28 on the CBS one. And then DeMar was like 33. Let's see, Zach 26 on CBS Sports and DeMar 30, yeah, DeMar 33. So interesting that they have Zach above DeMar in both of these, or on both of these rankings. Um, obviously, I think this is just a function of People will, are assuming that Demar is not going to repeat how good he was last season. I mean, you could argue Demar. I mean, Demar was second team All NBA last season. Uh, would you say he was a top ten player in the NBA last year? Maybe not in terms of overall impact, just because of the defense. But like, I mean, the value at, he added to the Bulls in terms of winning games was probably close to that of a top ten guy, just because of his clutch prowess and his overall scoring. Um, and I think people are assuming that he's not going to repeat that, and that Zach will probably be a bit healthier. I think that's kind of fair. I mean, I think it's to ask DeMar to have that type of season again is asking a lot. I would guess that he would come back down to earth a little bit in terms of that, like that clutch efficiency uh, and a little dip there would obviously make 
would 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 set him back a little bit. And I think if Zach is healthier, I think if he gets back to a level of where he was like two years ago, I think you could probably argue that Zach is the better player overall. But right around each other, I think it's about fair. Borderline all-star guys, borderline all-star guys. I think that's pretty fair for them. Uh, a huge difference between ESPN and uh, CBS was Vooch. ESPN had Vooch at 57, which is probably pretty damn generous uh, given his season last year. I know his numbers still look pretty good overall, his counting stats, efficiency and like impact wise. Again, 57 is probably pretty generous for him, but uh, CBS had Vooch at at 90. So that's like a huge gap there. And they actually had CBS had Caruso ahead of Vooch. He was not on the top 100 for ESPN. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's see. Caruso was at 77 on CBS. So uh, interesting that CBS has Caruso ahead of Vooch. So they have Caruso as the fourth best player in the Bulls because they have Lonzo in the 60s. Um, and I believe they had ESPN had Lonzo in the 70s just because of obviously injury stuff. I think that's also fair for Lonzo, 60s or 70s. You can maybe even say impact wise, he could be higher. But for the injury stuff, it's just hard to put him that much higher. Uh, so out of all this stuff, what really stood out to you out of these any of this ranking? These ranking Literally business? could not believe the Vooch thing on ESPN. 57th best player in the NBA. Like I've mostly been a Vooch apologist since he got here. But like, come on, dude, 57. I immediately checked it to be like, is this a a prank? <laughs> B an old <laughs> ranking. That would have made sense in 2019 or 2020. Right. Because right. this is based on like what they're expecting for this season. That Vooch is like going to be the a top 60 player this season. It just seems you know what, hard dude? to believe. If Vooch is a top 60 player, the Bulls are going to be better than 500. I'll just throw that out there right now. I am pretty skeptical, though. And I do appreciate Vooch's overall skill set. I think it's really rare to have a big man who can pass as well as Vooch can pass, who can credibly stretch the floor the way that Vooch can, and who does have a bit of a post-up game. The issue is that Vooch's three-point shot totally fell off. The post-ups are pretty inefficient. And the defense, just even like when he's playing well defensively for him, he's very much a scheme limiter. Like you can't really have him chasing ball handlers out on the perimeter. You can't have him blitzing. Uh, He has to play a very conservative system. You need to have everyone else around him sort of covering up his shortcomings. Last year, the Bulls were able to thrive with Lonzo and Caruso mucking things up while Vooch was in like a conservative drop. Uh, I think that Vooch is probably going to be set up for a pretty rough year this year. If Lonzo doesn't play. I think he's going to be a natural scapegoat. People are going to be mad that they don't have the draft pick because of him. I think Wendell Carter is going to have another pretty good year for the Magic. The Magic could win more games than people think if Paolo Bancaro is as good as I personally believe he is. Franz Wagner looked amazing in Eurobasket. And then you got Carter, who is a pretty solid all-around big man. Even if he's not spectacular, he is at least like, an average starter. Is that fair for Wendell Carter? So, uh, you know, I, I just feel like Vooch is going to be set up for a rough year. And I'm being so pessimistic on this podcast, Chase. I really am excited for the season to start. I'm excited for Io and Pat in particular. I'm excited for Zach and Damar, of course, excited for Caruso, but Vooch is the 57th best player in the league. That's just like shocking to me. And then I guess otherwise, I don't know, man, like I get the Zach over Damar thing, 
Like I was considering doing a top 100 ranking myself. Maybe I'll still do it uh, at SB Nation. I definitely would have put DeMar ahead of Zach in that. I mean, DeMar, while I do think he's tough to play with because while he's a good passer, he's like also sort of a ball hog. Like I was playing pickup (laughs) on Thursday with a guy who played so much like DeMar where like he was just taking the ball. He was going one-on-one and he was really good. He was the best player on the team, but I did feel like, come on, dude, pass me the, pass me the (laughs) ball. Like I came out here too. Like I want to touch the ball and shoot the ball. Uh, and his game was just like this dude, first of all, was like 50 years old and he was killing it. I mean, he was awesome. Old man game. DeMar. Uh, very <laughs> much an old man game. It was so reminiscent of DeMar's game of just like tough mid-range pull-ups, getting to the basket a little bit. Uh, but for any like shortcomings DeMar has in terms of like how he sort of limits your offensive versatility because he can't really play off the ball very well. I still think like an on the ball creator is the most valuable thing in basketball, slightly ahead of a two way big man And DeMar is pretty spectacular is an on the ball creator. So I would say DeMar is the Bulls best player coming into this season, especially with the way Levine ended it in the second half. Obviously he was playing through injury uh, and hopefully he can be the player we saw in the first half of last season. But in general, I would go DeMar. I think DeMar is a top 20 player in the league. And he is also one of the most underpaid players in the league, which is pretty funny considering (laughs) how the NBA world reacted to that contract when he originally signed it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair coming into the, this season, I think you definitely would have to put DeMar out of Zach. Like I said, I think these rankings are based on like what they think the year, how the year will go. And by the end of the year, will DeMar still be the best player on the team? I mean, I guess there's no, again, there's no real reason to think DeMar is like all of a sudden going to like, be that much worse i guess i mean like when he was in san antonio like his numbers weren't as good but i think part of that was more he was more of a passer uh pops offense and just like playing toiling in san antonio uh well obviously just whatever not just not much going on there so like will demar average again what 28 points a game will he shoot 50 some percent again on that on those all that mid-range stuff like i don't know that like i said i think that's kind of tough to ask Will he end up be having a better season than Zach again and just like be a top 20 guy again? I can at least, like I said, I can see the argument for why it won't happen, why Zach is be- why Zach could end up having a better year. But I would definitely agree that coming into the season, I think you still have to have Damar as like your 1A and Zach as your 1B again. Maybe that does flip. Maybe Zach, like he has this knee injury and this knee surgery and he'll maybe he'll be back to full health. I mean, Zach was like barely ever actually healthy last year. He had the weird was the thumb or the finger at the start of the year. And then he finally was like starting to get healthy. And then he had the knee thing uh, and just kind of that just kind of ruined the rest of the season. He, and he still put a pretty damn good number. So hopefully he can actually have a nice, mostly full season healthy uh, for the most part. And then he could get back to whatever, get on Demar's level. Uh, if you if you could say that, um, I I like Caruso. I like CBS Sports showing love to Caruso at seventy seven. There, um, I mean Caruso is such a unique player. Obviously, just for what he is, we talked about his offensive shortcomings, but he's legitimately. I mean, you look at just like all the advanced numbers and like a lot of those sites that have some of the, like this fancy, just like uh, whatever. Just looking at more, just, I guess, just advanced stats. I don't don't have an exact advanced stats in front of you, but just like Crusoe is legitimately one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. So like, 
if you're one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, I feel like you got to be just like completely, completely awful offensively to not be in at least like the top 100. Uh, and I know Caruso ha- again has his offensive shortcomings. Like when the Bulls asked him to do like pick and roll and ball handling last year, there were a lot of times where it didn't do wasn't wasn't pretty, and his three point shot was pretty not reliable last season. But hopefully, again, if that wrist is better, he had moments with the Lakers that, where he was a decent shooter. If that can come around, I think I, no question that Caruso is a top one hundred guy, and maybe even better. And again, Lonzo is also in that like seventies eighties area. And I think a healthy Lonzo, I think you could probably start pushing into like maybe the top 50. Uh, it's just, you can't rely on that right now, as we've talked about. So, uh, and maybe we'll see it. Well, maybe we'll see someone else make a leap or obviously hoping for guys like Pat and Io, as you mentioned, to maybe take a big step forward this season, getting in the top 100. Like, I guess like going into next season, do you think Pat, a guy like Patrick Williams would, would make it into the top 100, uh, because like I think I just saw ESPN a Scotty Barnes at like thirty nine. Well, like yeah. <laughs> these ESPN rankings, real quick before I answer that pack question. Obviously, they're outrage just, bait, and like some of these are just totally goofy. Yeah, <laughs> like they got Tyrese Maxey ahead of Darius Garland. That's insane. And, and like Maxey's Maxey's fun, but like Garland. I mean, Garland was an also. He made also last year, right? Or he was borderline. And he, I mean, one of the best point guards in the NBA already, and he's. Yeah, that, that that is crazy. They got OG Ananobi 75 and Harrison Barnes 74. Like, I'm going Ananobi pretty easy there. They got Fred Van Vliet 38 and Andrew Wiggins 32. I, I mean, Wiggins was totally nasty in the playoffs. He's super overqualified for the role he plays on the Warriors. But in general, I feel like Van Vliet is the better player than Wiggins. But, you know. In the playoffs, maybe things change. Uh, and then Vooch at 57 and Jonas Valanciunas at 84. Uh, I mean, I feel like Jonas is a better player than Vooch. Now, obviously, he doesn't stretch the floor quite as much, I don't think. But Valanciunas did start to shoot more threes last year, for sure. Uh, but, like, that big of a gap between the two, that just seems a little goofy to me. So, do I think Patrick Williams could be a top 100 player next year? I'll give some optimism here. Yeah, why not? Give right. Pat Wills is a top 100 player. I think it's totally possible. You look at the end of these lists, and it's not exactly an insurmountable uh, feat to become a top 100 player in a league where there's only 450 players, right? So I think Pat can get there. I just hope that the Bulls can figure out how to utilize Pat and DeMar in the same lineups because I feel right. pretty strongly about Pat's fit with Zach. I am questionable about Pat's fit with DeMar and on a team that is very much going to be led by DeMar. It's like, how does that work exactly? So, uh, yeah, my I think the big of optimism thing, on this podcast is Pat will, will be on these lists next year. Yeah. I think the big thing that the Pat and DeMar thing is we think about those bulls bench units last season where it was literally just like DeMar pounding the ball, uh, and four guys like standing around watching and waiting for do something. It would be nice to have Patrick Williams out there taking some pressure off uh, DeMar, doing some stuff on the ball. And we've talked about we want to see more Patrick Williams on ball reps. Uh, And maybe we will see that. Now, I want more Pat and Zach together because Zach can play off ball and DeMar really can't. Right. Like that's the issue with DeMar is that he is not a threat off the ball. But he's awesome on the ball. So it's like, who cares? You got (laughs) to take the bad with the good. but. Patrick Williams, also not very good off the ball. 
to this point. You know, his upside rests in his on-ball creation. So just another thing that uh, is going to fall on Billy Donovan this year, and it's something that we're going to be talking about all season. Absolutely. All right. got to talk about the sky. You're a Chicago sky. You have to. Basically pulled. I don't want to say if you want to say if they pulled the Bulls, but I mean, in terms of disappointing us, they sure did because they lost in five games in the semifinals, the Connecticut sun. Obviously this was while I was on my trip. Uh, I wasn't able to really follow that closely being in Europe, but obviously kind of, I saw kind of what happened in that was they went up two to one, right? They were up two one in that series or did yeah. they go down two one? They're up two one. They're up two one. They lose the last two games and they in got the smoked game, in game four. And then in game five, they had a double was it 11 point lead in the fourth quarter. And they gave up like a 19 zero run. Was that correct? I, my numbers might be a bit off there, but it was something like that where it's just like a total epic collapse that you would think of a bad Bulls team doing and not a Chicago Sky team that had been so good in the clutch all season uh, with so many veteran players. Uh, it's just like, how did how does that happen? Defending champs go out like that on their home court and give it that give up that kind of run in the fourth quarter to lose. What the hell happened there, Ricky? I didn't want to believe that the sky could rip my heart out like, like all, every, every other, other team. sports team does. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the sky are from Chicago. <laughs> they are as much part of the Chicago sports fabric as the Cubs, the Bears, the Bulls, and the White Sox and the Blackhawks. And because of that, they were going to let us down eventually. We'll always have last year's championship run. That was magic. It was incredible to win a title in a 500 season is something we will probably never see again in Chicago Jays the rest of our lives. I mean, that is not exactly a hot take, that 500 teams <laughs> yeah. don't win championships. But they came together at the right time last year, and this year they fell apart at the wrong time. As you said, the best clutch team in the league all season, I believe they were up nine points with three minutes left in the game. And then just some wild bullshit started happening. Like, so many point-blank missed layups Sloot just sort of had a total meltdown. She was like throwing the ball off the backboard when she's trying to pass to open teammates. Uh, Just brutal, brutal stuff. And credit Connecticut for taking advantage and for being a very good team all year. They led the WNBA in net rating this season. That certainly was a formidable team that I think we all sort of took for granted because this guy owned their season. This guy had won like six straight games against them or seven straight games against them going back to last season. Uh, So to see it play out the way it did is so disheartening. And then the other thing is that the sky were very much built to win a championship this year in the future is very much unknowable. Candace Parker is probably going to retire. However, she's still one of probably the 10 best players in the world. So will she walk away when she's playing at a level that high? Well, she just had a newborn baby. She hinted before the season. This was probably going to be her last year. I assume she's making a lot more money from Turner doing the TNT postgame show than she is playing in the WNBA, where she's making a little over $200,000 to play for the sky. So Candace might be gone. Uh, Emma Meesman, a wonderful free agent signing by James Wade over the offseason, Another big in the front court, super high IQ, great passer, great feel. Just a savant, Emma Meesman. I appreciated her game so much. Well, Meesman's a free agent too. Vandersloot, Quigley, they're both free agents. So the future of this team is totally up in the air. You basically only have Kalia Copper under contract. 
And you just wonder if this was truly the sky's like last dance. Like if Candace leaves, even if everyone else comes back and Candace leaves, it's not going to be the same team. And we have to have a conversation, unfortunately, about Allie Quigley, who graduated high school a year before me in 2004, <laughs> another Southwest suburbanite like myself, fighting out of Joliet. Quigley was brutal in these playoffs and particularly in the last two games. She's old for an athlete, man. Like, yeah. you know, she's always a, gr- a grinder anyways. Like she was basically out of the league at one point before, you know, the sky were her last chance and she turned into an all-star. She met her wife. They formed a beautiful basketball partnership c- cemented by love, <laughs> but it might be over for quicks. Could Rebecca Gardner be in the starting lineup next year? We'll see. She was awesome. I love Rebecca Gardner. Send Dalen Terry all of the Rebecca Gardner tape. I probably said that take 30 times, and I'll probably say it 100 I believe you have. Keep it up. Just keep it going. <laughs> love Gardner's game so much. And, like, could Salute, who's from Washington State, maybe go to Seattle to replace Sue Bird, who is, of course, retiring this offseason. So just, uh, just the worst – one of the worst sports losses – I have experienced. I, I believe I saw you tweet that when after it happened. It just it was hard happens. Like if it's one thing to get beat, like if whatever, it would have been disappointing if they just come out in Connecticut beat them. But like to have the game in hand, you're minutes away from the finals again, and that completely collapse like that. It's just, uh, yeah, that just goes up there with some of the epic Chicago sports gags that we've seen uh in history very unfortunate brutal brutal way to go out and end us and then what had been an awesome season they were one of the best teams all year uh they were favored to win the series they were up 2-1 they had they seemingly had this game in the bag and just fall apart that's brutal i guess congrats to the las vegas aces i believe they were having their championship parade uh i think asia wilson was tweeting about four locos crazy <laughs> but uh live it up las vegas aces uh enjoy the celebration uh, and have some fun. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, the sky cannot make it two in a row, especially for all the reasons you mentioned with this possibly being the end of the road for the, for kind of this core for Candace, maybe, and, and, and this core. Rough stuff, bro. Yeah. Brutal, 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 brutal. Uh, I think we were basically touched on just about everything. I said there was, I was gone for two weeks and a lot of kind of a lot of stuff happened over the last couple of weeks. You got anything else? Well, I do want to give a, uh, a mention to my friend Jonathan Charks, who passed away after just a horrible bout with cancer. Charks and I were good friends. We worked together at SB Nation in 2012. I worked with them as well with you guys. <clears throat> it's going to be really, really weird to go through this next draft cycle and this next NBA season without texting Charks about hoops because uh, the dude loved hoops so much. To me, he was my favorite basketball writer, favorite basketball thinker, and I'm I'm uh, glad I went down there to see him during the Western Conference Finals. I went down for game three of that series, which was the game Wiggins dunked on Luka. Uh, so it was cool to see him there, and it's just the worst thing ever. I feel so bad for John and his uh, wife, Melissa, their son, Jackson, who I believe is like two years old. Uh, John just had like the worst form of sarcoma cancer possible. And I believe the cancer started in his ass. And by the time he was killed by it, it was like in his brain and skull and just like literally ripping through his bones just sounded like 
the worst thing in the entire world. And John's dead now. And that sucks. I'm going to miss that guy. He was an awesome dude. I'm very thankful that I got to be friends with him and that he used to crash at my place when we watched the McDonald's All-American game. And I wrote a big thing about John. Uh, I just made it my pinned tweet on Twitter. So if you want to go to my Twitter profile, you can see my big, long opus to John Charks. Great dude. Rest in peace, my man. We're going to miss you. And just, you know, prayers up for his family, for his wife, for his child, because that is a truly horrific situation, dude. So I want to say RIP Charks as we sign this one off. Absolutely. I mean, I was, like I said, in Europe, uh, I took the time to read your thing, read some other tributes. Uh, Is the GoFundMe still rolling? I know I donated to that while I was in Europe. Uh, I got the thank you message today for doing that. Is that still going? Uh, that they had the GoFundMe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But if uh, definitely, if you can go check it out to see if it is still going. I said I don't have the link, whatever the link or exactly what it is handy, but I know you can find it. I think if you just search GoFundMe and search his name, uh, obviously worthwhile to help and all the just the costs that go into just dealing with that type of thing is absolutely brutal. And obviously, when they have have the young two year old son, as you said, uh, just really difficult situation. So it was. Uh, really tough just reading about that stuff uh, when I and then I saw that he had passed away uh, when I was gone. It was just really a bummer because I said I know how close you were with him. I had met him once. Uh, I think one of our we used to do those like we we would get together somewhere downtown and we would watch the NBA. Some like the blogger guys and I, I he had he came to the city once and he came out for one of those. So I had met him once. I also worked with him at SB Nation when I was working on like the NBA news desk. Uh, so knew him from there, and uh, he did great work for the Ringer. Uh, and he, I know he had a couple very just like he had a couple besides his basketball writing. He also wrote a couple big pieces just about his battle that were uh, that were really well written. He was a great writer for sure. Never afraid to have a good take. Just loved having takes. Uh, so like it, we, he will definitely be missed, and it's just uh, just crazy to think about. Just uh, a couple years ago, I mean, when we. Just all the stuff you did with him, and then now he's gone. So, RIP to him. Uh, definitely go read Ricky's tribute to him. It was really great. Like I said, I read through it when I was on my vacation. Just had to do that because uh, great piece of writing by you, Ricky. So, uh, RIP to John, John Tark, Ch- Charks. And on that note, I think we will finish it up here. That uh, we went through a lot. We had a lot to go to go over here over these last couple of weeks while I was gone. Now we got training camp coming up next week. Uh, I, believe, I said I believe Bulls media day is probably Monday. Uh, I know there were some there are some media days. I think this weekend for teams that are playing like preseason games overseas. But I believe the Bulls should be Monday. Uh, some t- either if either way, it's going to be next week training camp opening. Uh, preseason will then be starting in a couple of weeks. So I know we have been kind of doom and gloom, especially with the Lonzo news. But trying to talk myself into some optimism. They still have Demar. They still have Zach. They still have some talent here on this roster. Uh, and hopefully, even if Lonzo was not ready, and if even with all the question marks with Lonzo and, and the rest of the roster, hopefully they can still deliver a interesting and entertaining season for us. So uh, we'll have plenty to talk about there. That'll do it for us here today at Cash Considerations, Ish Hybels Podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, please also go check out the, all, all the other great pods all across the Blue Wire Network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. So 
Cash Considerations, Ace Travels Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time.